Dear listeners, welcome back to YTS Podcast. This is the 68th episode. I am Dr. Maryam Kabeshka from Ahmedabad University, India. We will have a very interesting interview with Professor Ren Romtian from Purdue University, Indianapolis. He will inform us about his research and will share with us his latest works. But before that, Barish will give us some headlines of ITS World in Newsmeet section, followed by the book that Haluk has reviewed, a book titled Aeromax and IEEE 802.16 Standard Based Technology for the Next Generation of Air Transportation Systems, written by Behnam Kamali. Before everything, let's listen to Barish. Hello, dear listeners. This is Barish presenting following news in the field of ITS for the 68th episode of ITS Podcast. In this episode, we bring you some of the latest news and developments on intelligent transport and autonomous driving, modified safety requirements for automated vehicles. The U.S. Federal Agency National Highway Traffic Safety Administration issued a final rule that amends the occupant protection motor vehicle safety standards for future vehicles that do not have the traditional manual controls associated with a human driver. This final rule updates the standards in a manner that clarifies existing terminology and in doing so resolves ambiguities in applying the standards to ADS-equipped vehicles. The agency said the move is part of its continued effort to oversee the deployment of automated cars. Pony AI to recall automated driving software Autonomous vehicle startup Pony AI will issue a recall for three vehicles after an October crash in California, according to U.S. regulators. The National Highway Traffic and Safety Administration said that this was the first recall of an automated driving system. On October 28, one of Pony AI vehicles collided with a street sign in Fremont. No one was injured in the incident, but the company's driverless testing permit was suspended after this incident. The agency told Pony AI it believed the software had a safety defect and requested a recall according to the company's filing. The company said that it has updated the software code and the vehicle have been repaired. Largest ever public sector autonomous shuttle project of United States. Jacksonville Transportation Authority of Florida has selected the Balfour Betty Vision 2 Reality Team and Autonomous Vehicle Solutions Provider BEEP to deliver Phase 1 of new public AV service. Phase 1 of the Ultimate Urban Circulator project will be roughly 3 miles at Create Autonomous Shuttle Solution. Second phase of the program includes the conversion of the elevated Skyway APM system. Phase 3 will expand street-level extensions to connect downtown Jacksonville to nearby neighborhoods. Seva Logistics and Kodiak Robotics launch autonomous freight deliveries. Autonomous trucking startup Kodiak Robotics has partnered with Seva Logistics to deliver freight autonomously in the state of Oklahoma. Kodiak Autonomous Tractor pulls a Seva trailer filled with consumer products on two routes in the state. Kodiak is developing the Kodiak Driver, the company's self-driving technology, which is purpose-built for long-haul trucks. Free autonomous ride-hail service in Las Vegas. The driverless tech company Motional and transit software company Via have teamed up to launch free self-driving rides in Las Vegas. The car has driverless features, but the vehicles will have two people as human safety operators at all times. Partnership is offering free rides to promote the service and to collect user feedback to improve their tech. Thank you for listening to the mini-news section of the ITS podcast. We will continue to bring you more news of breakthrough advances in our field in the upcoming episode. 
Thank you, Barish. The first recall of autonomous vehicle, does it mean that we are getting closer to mass production? That was Barish Chowan from the Technical University of Berlin. Wireless communication is one of the mainstream technologies in developing intelligent transportation systems. Airports have been using this technology. The book looks at different techniques and standards with new developments. Haluk, please go ahead. This is the book review section for ITS podcast. Reviewed by Dr. Haluk Aran, Fırat University, Elazığ, Turkey. The book title is IROMAX, an IEEE 802.16 standard-based technology for the next generation of air transportation systems and consists of 480 pages. Published by Standards Information Network. Wiley IEEE, written by Behnam Kemali. IROMAX, an IEEE 802.16 standard-based technology for the next generation of air transportation systems, covers topics such as Orthogonal Frequency Division Multiple Access, OFDMA, Coded OFDMA, Scalable OFDMA, Adaptive Modulation Coding, Multiple Input Multiple Output Systems, Error Control Coding, and Automatic Repeat Request Techniques, Time Division Duplexing, Multi-Hop Gain, Inter-Application Interference, and so on. It also looks at future trends and developments of IROMAX systems as they are deployed across the globe, focusing on concepts that may be applied to improve network capacity. The book consists of eight chapters. Chapter 1 presents an introduction to the applications of wireless communications in the airport environment. The chapter mentions about airport surface communications techniques. The rationals and the reasons behind the emergence of IROMAX technology are described. The National Airspace System and the International Airspace System are concisely overviewed. NextGen and European CSR programs plan to Transform and Modernize Air Transportation are discussed. In Chapter 2, two topics of cellular networking and wireless channel characterizations are addressed. This approach is conductive to the understanding of the cellular architecture of the network and the challenges posed by airport surface radio channel in design implementation and deployment stages of IROMAX systems. Chapter 3 is dedicated to the airport surface radio channel characterization over the 5 GHz band. An extensive airport surface area channel measurement is summarized. Detailed airport surface area channel models or the 5 GHz band are then presented. Chapter 4 focuses on 
Orthogonal Frequency Division Multiplexing, Coded OFDMA, Orthogonal Frequency Division Multiple Access, and Scalable OFDMA. Performance of channel coding in OFDMA, that is, modulation coding combination is explored in this chapter. Chapter 5 provides a brief review on IEEE 802.16 standards, as well as an overview on worldwide interoperability for microwave access WiMAX. The main purpose of this chapter is to provide technical background information on various algorithms and protocols that support IronMAX networks. Chapter 6 is entirely dedicated to IronMax, providing an introduction to information related to the creation, standardization, and test and evaluation of this aviation technology, potential airport surface services, and functionalities that may be carried by IronMax are also addressed in Chapter 6. The chapter elaborates on IronMax testbed configuration and summarizes the early test and evaluation results as well. Chapter 7 explores IronMax as a short-range high-aggregate data throughput broadband wireless communication system and concentrates on the detailed characterization of IronMax physical layer and Max sublayer features. It is explained that IronMax is planned to be an all-IP network that supports high-rate packet-switched air traffic control and aeronautical operational control services. The chapter highlights the position and the role of the IronMax network within the larger context of the airport network and the global aeronautical telecommunications network. Chapter 8 contains a great deal of information regarding the applications and usage scenarios for multi-hub relays in IronMax networks. This chapter demonstrates that it would always be possible to incorporate IEEE 802.16J standards into IROMAX networks. This book can serve as a professional text assisting experts involved in research, development, deployment and installation of IROMAX. It can also be used as an academic textbook in wireless communications and networking with case study application of WiMAX and IROMAX. I hope that the material presented in this book will give a useful insight to all readers. That was Professor Haluk Aaron from Firat University, Turkey. Thank you, Haluk. Not long time ago, in ITS conference in Indianapolis, ITSC 2021, I had this chance to listen to a workshop where they were discussing different researches done and milestones achieved 
in detection, recognition, and prediction of pedestrian behavior. Professor Renrontian was one of the organizers and along with his colleagues had very interesting knowledge to share. Today, in this episode, we have him as our special guest to know more about his work. Sit back and enjoy. Dr. Uh, Renrontian is an assistant professor in the Department of Computer Information and Graphic Technology and the Transportation and Autonomous Systems Institute, TASI, at Indiana University, Purdue University, Indianapolis, or IUPUI. He received his PhD degree from the School of Industrial Engineering at Purdue University, West Lafayette in 2013, and BS and MS in Mechanical Engineering from Tsinghua University, Beijing, China, in 2002 and 2005. His research interests include human-centered computing, cognitive ergonomic, computational behavior analysis, human-AI interaction, and autonomous driving. He serves as the co-chair for Technical Activities Committee on Human Factors in Intelligent Transportation System, HFITS, IEEE Transportation Systems Society. Thank you, Renron, for accepting our invitation. This was a very short introduction about you and your research interest. But uh, if you think I have uh, missed anything, uh, please go ahead and add. Um, no, I, I think this is very complete. I don't have anything to add for my own um, introduction part. Thank you. That's okay. That's okay. So let's start our first question, the PSI, the new data set that you and your colleagues are working on. What is it and how does it differ from the previously published data sets? Um, this PSI data set, PSI stands for pedestrian situated intent. Um, this is a data set uh, I worked with our sponsor from Toyota CSRC uh, together. Uh, the, the main novelty of the data sets um, have two main points. Um, the first one is that this data set is the first one focusing on the dynamic changing mental states of pedestrians. So the story behind is that um, more and more researchers in the autonomous driving domain realize the importance to better understand and predict the behavior of pedestrians and to develop better interactions among autonomous cars and pedestrians. However, most of the existing work focusing on end-to-end uh, -end training strategy, what that means is uh, based on the scene, which try to predict the actions or trajectories of the pedestrians. The, the main uh, contribution of this new data set is we try to open the humans uh, from a black box. What that means is we try to understand what they think and their instantaneous mental states during the interactions with cars. So that is uh, the first uh, novelty of the data set. We, we try to uh, provide or contribute a brand new view of uh, pedestrians. And by using this, uh, concept we define as situated intent. The, sec the second main novelty of this data set is we try to provide human reasonings 
of the pedestrian crossing scenes. Um, in addition to the, the uh, traditional, you know, computer vision based or visual based annotations. Um, the, the main purpose is that we want to enable the explainable AI development in this particular area. So video to text mapping has been a hot topic in AI general. However, in the area of uh, autonomous driving, uh, in particular in the area of uh, pedestrian behavior prediction of uh, AV pedestrian interaction, very few data sets have really tried to incorporate the uh, reasonings of humans, basically how humans understand the scene uh, with the, vi the, the, the videos. So in this data set, we try to add uh, the descriptions of the scene from a lot of normal, normal human drivers so that we, we will be able to support the development of those kind of algorithms that not only make predictions, but also explain their reasoning process by learn how humans do that. Mm -hmm. Th that is very interesting. And uh, I saw some of your, uh, your workshops in the uh, conference also. I just wonder, uh, this uh, PSI data set, uh, have you provided any uh, ground truth as well in the data set or uh, just your models running on the screen? Um, this is a very good question. Um, if by ground truth, we mean the absolute intent change of the pedestrians mm -hmm. during the interaction with cars in the natural road environment, um, I have to say uh, from, from one angle, no, we do not have such ground truth data. Uh, I don't think anyone has those data because of the practical challenge to collect it. Um, you, we can imagine, you know, even we ask the pedestrians to report their intent uh, mm -hmm. by themselves in the road environment, it's not gonna uh, happen because that, that, that is just fast changing um, intent when you are interacting with a car or driver. Actually, the, the challenge to uh, collect ground truth of humans' mental state is not just a, a difficult thing for uh, driving, it's a difficult thing in, in any domain, actually. Um, so because of that difficulties, um, in this new data set or this new work, we use a very different approach based on the uh, concept called theory of mind. So theory of mind is a classical psychological theory, which the, the basic idea is that humans have very good capabilities to estimate the intent of other humans in specified uh, scenarios, because, but using our own uh, background knowledge, as well as our own understanding of the scene. So that is actually the essential component of human to human interaction. So we estimate other people's intent at all time and we exchange our own intents to avoid conflicts. So that is the um, theoretical uh, foundation for us to use our own approach in the PSI data set. So we invited 24 normal human drivers from different age, 
gender and uh, driving experience background and ask every one of them try to estimate the intent change of the same 110 uh, pedestrians in 110 different scenarios. So we believe that is a very representative uh, results about how a group of humans, normal drivers, understand these pedestrians in those situations. So that is somehow can be can serve as a ground truth for the AI systems to learn, to, to understand what the pedestrians think. Mm -hmm. So basically, as much as I understand, the ground truth is what those 25 drivers will guess, right? And compared to your algorithms. That's, that's interesting. Yes. Yes. Very interesting. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, so previous data sets mainly worked on intention and signs of a possible crossing event, like hand movement, eye-to-eye um, -eye contact, and all these things. Uh, your work uh, is mainly focusing on the trajectory um, as a side, uh, we can say, uh, factor for this. Um, how can we use the trajectory to predict a crossing event if it's not happened yet? Let me uh, crack a little bit here. So um, we are not against whatever has ha have been done before. We think those are, are very important achievements, and we agree with uh, many of those um, previous studies. The, their findings are important. Uh, what we try to add here, uh, based on our own uh, work, is that um, when we are trying to predict actions, uh, how we try to, uh, uh, you know, track or detect those gestures, eye contacts, as you mentioned, or we try to predict trajectories. All of those uh, cues we can see, we can call them explicit cues or uh, viral cues or viral behavior cues. We, we, we use all of these cues actually to infer the intent of the pedestrian. Um, if we use a concept of uh, latent factors, or we use a concept of Markov process, so there actually we are assuming there is an intent changing behind the scene, result into all of these behaviors we see, like uh, eye contact, like gestures, like start working or stop working, right? And their trajectory change or direct speed change. All the previous work has done a, a lot, try to predict those explicit behavior cues, assuming there's a in, uh, intent change, but it is unknown, it remains latent. It is just a, uh, uh, a big factor, you know, behind. Uh, what we are trying to do here is we try to open that black box. We, we try to, in, in one data set, not only have trajectory, you know, gesture, you know, behavior change, but also try to tell the algorithm, you know, what actually we think the intent is actually changing behind there. So, um, we, we believe by doing that will help us to better explain what is happening and also try to better predict the future behaviors because we, now we can 
not only predict them directly, but also um, predict the intent change behind and use the intent change behind to guide us, to support us to better predict the future behaviors. Very nice. Uh, the idea is very interesting. Um, between your uh, publications, I saw a paper about e-scooters. Of course, it's a preprint. And um, uh, it was uh, bringing some concern. You know, you, you said that they are causing some concern. What is this problem that they are, you know, that they, they took your mind? Because um, we're from the U.S. cities. Um, in, in the U.S. cities in the past several years, uh, there have been so many e-scooter uh, riders show up everywhere uh, in the city centers. Um, so similar as the uh, the concerns we have with pedestrians. So these e-scooter riders are uh, another new type of vulnerable user, uh, users and they need to be protected. But but as at, uh, of now, we have very little knowledge about how they behave, you know, what are the risks. Uh, we know there are more and more crashes related to e-scooter riders, but we don't know exactly what are the main uh, risk factors, uh, what are the main dangerous situations related to them. And also from the car's perspective, we even don't have an object detection algorithm supporting the detection of an e-scooter rider. Um, uh, no matter, so we're even further away from, you know, uh, track the behavior, predict, you know, their trajectories. So, you know, based on current trend, uh, micromobility is, uh, at least uh, many people believe is the future of transportation in uh, the, the big cities. And e-scooter is the most popular tool that we know right now uh, that, you know, most people like. Um, so um, that is the uh, problems we see here. So there is a clearly a gap uh, there that the, the we, we need to understand the scooter riders' behavior better. We need to be able to detect them. We need to be able to predict their future trajectories and, so that the cars are prepared um, to stop, uh, you know, to at least uh, do something. So that's how we um, start that part of the research. Yeah, that, that, that is uh, interesting, Renron. But now I just want to know uh, how you want to tackle this uh, problem. Will you, uh, again, look at the egocentric uh, point of view? Will you uh, look at the um, collision, uh, you know, trajectories or possibilities? Um, from which point you want to uh, look at this problem? We are repeating a process similar as a pedestrian at this moment. Um, so the, the first uh, step uh, our team is focusing on is we try to uh, apply all the knowledge we have learned from pedestrians, as you mentioned, you know, uh, we have algorithm to de detect pedestrians. Can, can they be implemented down for e-scooter riders? Uh, we have uh, different uh, possibility models to predict pedestrian uh, crash um, risks. Uh, to what extent they can be applied on e-scooter riders? Um, so 
uh, we, we believe the first step is we need to understand how different these scooters are uh, from the pedestrians in terms of the, the different, uh, you know, safety concerns or avoidance behavior, uh, you know, systems, do they work or not? Um, it's just so open right now, the, 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 the question is, so uh, we don't, we have to understand you know, you know, what we can do at the moment before we decide what we want to move forward. So um, we are trying to collect large amount of e-scooter behavior data. We're trying to collect all the crash related to e-scooter riders. We, in uh, this year's uh, ITSC conference, we're trying to write a paper to estimate the um, crash risks and the uh, potential conflict scenarios between cars and e-scooter riders. At the same time, uh, you, you already seen the paper we published, we released benchmark data on e-scooter rider detections. We released uh, computer vision based e-scooter detectors. Uh, we are working on applying a large amount of existing algorithms designed for pedestrians on the e-scooter rider behavior predictions to understand, uh, you know, as this research community where we are at the moment, how, how you know, to what extent we are prepared to uh, deal with this new type of uh, role users. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you think we should have one more data set for e-scooters? Well, um, of course, we want our goal is we want to have a comprehensive data set, including all kinds of uh, vulnerable road users, including e-scooter riders. So instead of adding a particular new data set about e-scooter riders, uh, we are developing a large data set, you know, including all of them together. Mm -hmm. um, but just uh, from to support the, re, the research related to the way we published uh, the e-scooter part out separately as the benchmark data set for e-scooter rider detection. So whoever is interested in developing community vision-based detectors for e-scooter riders, uh, there are some resources we have already released to, to support those work. That, that's interesting. So uh, you have uh, published already a survey on deep learning methods uh, to detect pedestrians. Uh, what was the outcome of this survey? Which one do you suggest to go for if we are going, let's let's say, a structured environment? The e-scooter, uh, sorry, the pedestrian. The, the pedestrian yeah. The, the pedestrian um, behavior algorithm, uh, we, we surveyed a lot of recent papers. Uh, the main finding is that there's no clear definition of the intent or the mental state of the pedestrians. That, that, that's the, the main, um, one of the main uh, problems we identified from the current research frontier. And another one is most of these algorithms are designed as a black box algorithm. Um, in, the, in the AI domain, uh, if we go to a CVPR or you know, ICCV conference, uh, many people are working on explainable AIs nowadays. However, in the autonomous driving 
especially pedestrian behavior prediction uh, 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 area, um, majority of the, the work is that it's still focusing on relatively uh, older concept of uh, black box uh, algorithm mapping, you know, scenario multi-model uh, sensing data of the, the scene onto certain type of explicit or viral behavior cues, as I mentioned earlier, trajectories or actions, gestures. Um, so that's what the, although, you know, that those methods uh, keep improving their um, performance and, and accuracies, but the performance will be bottlenecked to a certain level. Uh, that, that's not anyone's problem. That's just AI's limitation. So that's why we switched to this PSI data set, try to support those two limitations I mentioned. You know, one is to understand the mental state better so we can further improve the performance of behavior prediction. The other one is to add the human reasoning into the data set so we can support a better development of explainable AI. Um, so we can create those kind of uh, open box algorithm instead of the black box algorithms. Yeah. yeah, nice. So peek into the future, camera-based occupant sensing in configurable cabins for autonomous vehicles is one of your interesting research topics. Uh, could you please give us some explanation? What is it about exactly? Yes. So um, from my perspective, autonomous vehicles are very good technology, but they are designed to, to serve humans. Um, of course, the, pri the primary users of autonomous cars are the occupants who sit inside the cabin. And we should the everything we design for the autonomous driving should, you know, serve them, uh, protect them. The one of the um, key questions that we are asking here is, autonomous cars will have crashes. This has been approved by the current road test, and I believe most people in the domain um, understand that you know certain type of error will happen, and in the future cra uh, crashes will happen uh, towards these autonomous cars. Here has a, a very challenging problem now. So how, how can we protect those occupants of autonomous driving for the best? Under the scenario that autonomous car, you don't need to drive. So what does that mean? That means everyone can ride a Tom's car. Everyone can be in different kind of states when they're inside a, a Tom's car. Um, people do not need to sit in a certain position. People may not even need to have the current, you know, seatbelt system that we're using nowadays, you know, because, you know, they, 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 they can do technically any kind of things in our very flexible uh, cabin. Uh, the cabin can be in different kind yes. of layout. Yeah. That, that, that's, of course, that's good. That, 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 that's fantastic for us as users of Tom's car, right? Can be a kids, can be a older generation, can be people with disabilities. 
But from the car's perspective, when a crash happens, now we do not have all the constraints we have nowadays to protect the occupants. For example, we cannot assume everyone is sitting upright. We cannot assume everyone is sitting facing forward. We cannot assume everyone is having a seatbelt on. And we, 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 we don't know who they are because right now the safety decision is made by the driver. And technically the driver knows who are on the car. When, when the crash happens, um, they at that last moment, they made a lot of decisions to better protect those vulnerable ones in the car. This triggers this idea. So this is a project I have, my team has worked with uh, industry sponsor for many years already, actually. Uh, we are trying to develop a full cabin uh, optical sensor-based occupant sensing system to tell us who are in the car, what kind of people they are, who are more vulnerable, you know, when at any certain moment, what positions they are at, what kind of states they are in, what kind of actions they are doing, so that the car is, already, is always prepared to optimize all of the safety features to, to protect them from certain ways. Um, the, the paper you mentioned is you know, a, a small uh, problem we addressed in that, in that big research. Uh, we try to answer a very easy question, very small questions, not easy to answer actually. So when, when all of those people are, are in the car in different positions or orientations or doing different things, where you should put your cameras so that you can best cover all of them or you can best cover the most important parts of their bodies that you are interested in. Of course, the more the better, but you know you have to reduce the cost. You have to use the, the, the minimum amount of camera to achieve the best uh, results. So that's why we conducted a, a, a research to try to uh, build a simulation-based platform to do all kinds of simulations and optimizations so that we can answer that question. You know, If we have three cameras or four cameras with different parameters, what is the best we can do um, in such a flexible uh, cabin environment? It's a position of the cameras inside the cabin. And um, yeah. uh, you know, we all have seen this uh, concept design by different um, you know, car manufacturers that what will be the future, the turning uh, seats and all these things. I, I agree with you, yes. And different ages also have to be considered when we are talking about it. Exactly. Uh, yeah, and uh, talking after this discussion that we have, uh, how close do you see the mass production of autonomous vehicles? And um, when you think they will be present in our streets? When we talk about autonomous cars, we uh, let's specify which level we're talking about. We, we know level level two is out there. Yes. Level three has been approved in Europe. Um, if we are talking about level four, um, my own feeling is we will see level four commercialized cars some somewhere around 2030 so late of this decade mm -hmm. uh, the latest is you know early 2030s they will be commercialized 
And uh, initially, they might be expensive. And as there's all those issues out there, uh, the penetration rate will be low. But once they are on the road, we will start to uh, see a lot of adjustment of the, the, the cities, people's behaviors, um, and how human driving cars, they interact with these cars. So mm-hmm. in once that process starts, I feel, you know, in somewhere in, in the next decade, in 2030s, mm-hmm. uh, we will see a tom- uh, level four Tom's cars out there. Yeah. With uh, configurable cabins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Also- Yes, you you mentioned that you are going to work on the e-scooter and you are uh, coming to the conference with some papers. But uh, what are the plans and updates you are going to give in ITSC 2022 Macau? Will you be there? Uh, that I, 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 I if, if, if the situation permits, I, I will be there. <laughs> but depending <laughs> on the, the the COVID and different situations. Yes. Um, you said ITSC 2022. 22. I actually want to mention, you know, in uh, uh, the IV 2022 this year, uh, in the uh, Inter- Intelligent Vehicle Symposium in, uh, in Germany this year, uh, we will uh, have a second uh, workshop on pedestrian behavior uh, detection and prediction. Uh, the information is already in the conference uh, website and we have we will have a lot of interesting discussions related to the uh, the PSI data set and also uh, many other uh, experts in the area we will we'll get together and talk about the pedestrian behavior uh, prediction related research there so it will be an interesting workshop yeah about that workshop I just want to tell our listeners that uh, the workshop that you gave in um, previous ITSC also, it was fantastic. So if if they have missed it, they can join IV 2022 to join and listen to your workshop. Yes. Thank you. And, uh, what is your suggestion for these young researchers in this field? Uh, where are the gaps in research that you suggest that they have to look at it and work on it? I think um, one one thing uh, that might be valuable for uh, all the researchers, all the, uh, including the young researchers, to think about is mm-hmm. um, AI is a fantastic technology, but the AI systems we are developing is for human. Um, it is to serve human, is to uh, work with human. So human-centered AI is a very uh, important and uh, promising area that uh, many researchers start to focus on. Um, so I think that is one area that if um, researchers are interested in developing uh, smart systems that like autonomous cars, which will be used with uh, by humans, which will you know, drive on the road with a lot of human road users um, should uh, look into if, if they're interested in um, another very interesting area I would uh, um, suggest the young researchers to look into is uh, the research related to the behavior of AI systems, how we call them, uh, machine behavior re- research area. Um, AI 
is so complicated nowadays. Many people are developing very comprehensive and powerful AI algorithms. This, this kind of algorithm cannot be simply evaluated just by iPhone score recall precision. It's similar like when we're talking about human, we just we don't you just use one standard to 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 say how good this human is and yes or no. Um, similar here, uh, when these AI algorithms, AI systems are used in so complicated um, environments like the road environments, um, it is important to design the scenarios to understand your data better to understand how this AI all the autonomous vehicles behave in those different situations to better understand you know, the limitation and the capability of this AI algorithms and to help you to improve the AI algorithms as well um, if you can understand their performance better. Mm -hmm. So I, I think those are some uh, very interesting and uh, new areas that um, whoever interested in this can, can, can take a look. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Um, so, uh, is there anything that uh, you would like to add to our talk? Uh, no, no, I think I have talked a lot. So, hope they are uh, helpful. That was that was very nice. I uh, want to thank you again, Renron, that uh, you accepted our invitation to be our special guest for this episode. Thank you so much. Thank you for your invitation. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you, Renron, for sharing your ideas with us. I'm sure our listeners will learn a lot from this talk. Dear listeners, if you would like to join the podcast as a volunteer or you have an idea to share with us, you are always welcome to send us an email. We appreciate all your inputs. Thank you for being with us. This podcast is sponsored by IEEE Intelligent Transportation System Society. This was Dr. Mariam Kavishka from IEEE ITS Society.